What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. You're dead meat! Go ahead and laugh, you guys. If I ever find a little bastard of business, they're dead meat. Welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast, an extension of the YouTube channel Dead Meat. I'm James. I'm Chelsea, and we're engaged, and we like to get scared together. Yeah. Uh, so it's our this is our second mailbag episode, and we are officially at the new house. If you are watching the video, you will see the wallpaper we're in front of is pretty special. <laughs> yeah. This is not going to be staying up, unfortunately. This is where the new podcast set is going to be. Yeah, so you I might see this uh, like trimming. The trim, yeah. yeah. So I'm taking down this wallpaper. I might keep a piece of it because it's so. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I posted a picture of it on Twitter and everyone was telling me to not take it down. So. It also might sound echoey because this room ain't got shit in it. Yeah, it's we're a using room. a bunch of plastic shelves as a table and our SummerSlam, our, our WWE chairs, <laughs> and there's not anything else in this room except for that. So. And Lucy. And Lucy. Because she knows when it's podcast time, no matter what. She does. Yeah. So yeah, just a reminder that after this episode, the podcast is going to be off for October because... The main channel schedule is so nuts that yeah. James is just not going to have time to record with me. And also, I want to take some time off and get the new house settled because you're also not going to have much time to do that. So yeah. that's a lot of that's going to fall on me, which I'm excited about. But yeah, so we're taking October off and then we'll be back in November with the new podcast set and we'll be back to a more kind of regular schedule and series of episodes yeah yeah so cool but for now it's mailbag time part two let's get right to it this is from sarah sarah says hi james and chelsea first off congrats on the new house thank you thank you i'm really excited to see the new sets once those start to show up in videos me too mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of the podcast for a lot of reasons. The main one being pretty obvious that I love to hear you guys talk about horror movies. However, I love all kinds of movies. So I always really enjoy when you guys go on weird tangents about non-horror movies, which leads me to my question. What are your favorite non-horror movies? Oh, fun. Yeah, I always, I mean, I think I've mentioned before, but my favorite movie ever is Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yes. It's a perfect movie it is a perfectly tight script every mm -hmm. time i watch it i'm amazed at how no scene is wasted everything is so funny no action is wasted yeah every every movement that he does is funny every single <laughs> second in that movie is used so perfectly and efficiently and funnily and every inch of the screen is per like it's just it's so good it's so funny I love it. And it's such a weird thing, too, that, like, we kind of take Pee-wee for granted. We all know who Pee-wee is, and he's just a character we're all pretty familiar with. But that movie came out... 85. 85, and that was before Pee-wee's Playhouse. I, I, I think people don't realize that, that the movie came first. Yeah, the movie came... Because it was a stage character first? Yeah, he... he Paul Rubens developed Pee-wee at Groundlings. He was a Groundlings character. Mm -hmm. um, Groundlings is like a... It's a improv yeah school out in los Sketch angeles comedy, i think yeah. other cities now but if, if you hear of if you know ucb or maybe second city they were like the big four it was like ucb second city io west and groundlings yeah i don't even know if all four of them are still around because I, I feel like one of them io west is gone yeah right? didn't it right but um yeah so then he turned this groundlings character into a stage show that actually was really geared towards adults. It's a lot raunchier. You can see that there's a video of it. Like there's a special that was made and it's it's very weird to watch because it's like the, the humor is way more inappropriate. <laughs> uh, but then they made it into this movie with Tim Burton directing his, Tim Burton's first movie ever. And it, it, it must've been like, this would never get made now. 
Yeah. Because it's, it's such so weird. a weird character. No one knew who this like that character was. And the movie's not geared towards kids like the no, show. No, no, no. But the show is quite, for children. It's not quite the stage show either. It's like an in-between kind of. Yeah. It's not raunchy, but it's not for kids. It's yeah. It's just like a straightforward comedy. I did love it as a kid, but it's not mm-hmm. a kid's movie. Yeah. So, but that's my favorite movie. I also love I love Tarantino a lot. Mm-hmm. Tarantino movies. I love Scorsese. Um, Jackie Brown's my favorite Tarantino. Jackie Brown's just one of my favorite movies in general. I don't know. I love Amadeus too. Milos Forman movies rule pretty hard. But Amadeus, I adore. It's director's cut or GTFO. (laughs) It's, I just think it's such a, that's such a gorgeous movie in every way. I don't know. That's, that's where I am movie wise. Yeah. Growing up, I would always say Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I still have a great time every time we watch Star Wars, Mm -hmm. uh, the original trilogy. And uh, so that'll always have a special place in my heart. But I think I've mentioned on the channel before that like maybe Royal Tenenbaums has uh, taken the first place spot because I, you know, he's got issues and he, he makes all his movies pretty much the same, but I, I'm just a sucker for Wes Anderson. It's that style of humor, I think is the funniest thing to me. Just really dry, sad humor. Like everyone's sad and morose, but like are able to kind of sardonically comment on it. His casts are always incredible. And I actually think Life Aquatic was my favorite Wes Anderson movie for a long time. Cause of the Bowie soundtrack, but Royal Tenenbaums, man, just like, I never not cry watching the end of that movie because it's just, it hits me so hard, all the stuff with Gene Hackman and Ben Stiller. And uh, so, yeah, Royal Tenenbaums right now is my answer, has been my answer for a few years. Uh, I feel like I should really just take some time out one day and really think about and like look at lists of movies to see if I'm forgetting something that really is uh, true to my heart. I mean, Jurassic Park is way up there. Yeah. Again, that that's something that affected me deeply as a kid growing up. And so I don't know if that'll ever be knocked out of like my top five or 10 movies. Yeah. I just know as soon as we hit cut on this episode, I'm mm. going to think of a movie I wish I talked about. I just that's, love movies. That's why I hate having to name my favorite anything just yeah. because my recollection powers aren't always great because I realized that like in a Q&A video, I answered my favorite wrestlers and I forgot to say the Iconics who are like oh, my no. favorite wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah, happens. I'm sure we're forgetting something. By the way, fun uh, horror connection to Peavy's Big Adventure. The Kyoto, Kyoto Brothers, Brothers did the Large Marge transformation scene. And last time we were video chatting with the Killer Clowns crew, I asked them about it. And it was so cool. They, they were telling me all about it. And I guess that the, the claymation was it's human head sized. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know why I assumed it would have been small. But it is just the size of that actress's head. That's so cool. Also, uh, fun coincidence, Kyoto Brothers have a part in the movie coming up on Friday on The Kill Count, Tales from the Hood. They did the uh, plantation puppet in there, like all the yes. stop motion, and it's really cool. Yeah. All right. Next one. This is from Ano. I hope. Ano? Ano? A-N-O. Ano. How did you guys meet, and was there a favorite place you guys used to meet up together? (laughs) We met at our friend Jacob Mendel's grandma's house, (laughs) which might sound weird, but Jacob's grandma's house at the University of Michigan back when we were there was the place to go to really cool film kid parties. Mm -hmm. I'm not even talking ragers. This is like, everyone's still getting pretty pretty sloshed, sloshed, but in a really classy way Mm -hmm. where there's a projector going on the wall with old art house films playing. (laughs) Just lots of wood everywhere. It's a house in Ann Arbor. It is, yeah. On campus, maybe? I I don't know. Maybe just off campus. But but it's not like a like a college. No, no, no. This is this was a real this is someone's grandma's house that we got to party in. Anyway, that's where we met because that's where our class of film students always had parties. Um, you I think were... that was the only one I ever went to, though, there. Really? I think so. Oh, man, you missed out. Yeah, I had a weird uh, experience in film school. I wasn't as enmeshed in the, the film school people until my senior year of college. I kind of was off on my own mm-hmm. tangent with other people. I was one of the pretentious inner circle. Of yeah, film you students. were. In a I, I, was I an, really I was. A total was. Outsider. There, there was <laughs> such a hierarchy of film students, and I guess I will proudly question Mark say that I was one of the 
Because my junior year, before I got more enmeshed in it, I made that fucking short film, The Foiling, about a TV getting stolen. And it's such like a Kevin Smith style, long scenes of dialogue. And it was like a 25-minute film. And like that's a regular short film length. But in college, for your short that's films, so long. That's, that's an eternity. <laughs> that's it's so long. Like Your short film should be like 12 minutes max. At most. Even that's really long. And I, I think. think you were even on the board for the student film festival. And because I made my film outside of one of the main classes, it was like for another one, I had like a hard time getting it agreed to play this film. I had to have a professor go in and be like, no, he worked really hard on this. His yeah. hard drives crashed halfway through production. Oh, man. Please give the, throw this guy a bone because like the, the inner circle of film students didn't know who I was or cared about my fucking Kevin Smith Listen, knockoff That film. film festival is a tough thing to program. That's so many yeah, hours well. of programming. <laughs> <laughs> that we have to sit in QC. Yeah, that you then you didn't want to play the film <laughs> that I wrote, directed, starred in, edited. It did that, play though. I think so, but that was the other thing is like in film school, it's meant to be collaborative. You're supposed to work with your other students to do all these different jobs. And I was like, no, I'm just gonna do, do it, it yeah. all myself. <laughs> so it was like I had no one, no other students vouching to put that in the festival because like no one else worked <laughs> on it except me. It was so bad. Oh man. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, on the flip side of that, I think being one of the, like the kind of close knit, like hardcore film students, you did get, you know, as much as people maybe would think, Oh, that, you know, the professors are really like you, which they did. I had a really good relationship with my professors, but that gets to the point where they, well, they'll be brutally honest about the stuff you're making because mm -hmm. they they want you to push yourself and want you want to be honest with what you're making and want you to improve. And I will never forget. And this was such a reality check for me. I made a short film, and my favorite professor called it trite. And trite is so, oh, like, is that it that? That's, ooh, that is yeah. such a. That's a. Ooh, that's such a tough adjective. Yeah, trite. <laughs> Yeah, but I, you know what? I needed that kick in the ass to make stuff up that's a bit more thoughtful and original. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's film school. I don't know if we had a favorite place we hung out for the second part of No, because we were just kind of casual friends for like the first yeah. year. And then I think, yeah, later, like you said, your senior year. That Yeah, we were working on different projects and stuff together. That's how we mainly saw each other. It was in like class you know it was a fun place to hang out though that it was when we were still friends and before we were seeing each other uh my buddy bishop's apartment i just remember watching game of thrones there when it first came out and being introduced to it there and like making pies didn't we uh, yes bake some pies we there? made pumpkin pie yeah because like that scratch. was right after you broke your ankle exactly i was walking around with a fucking cast and a cane just being uh because you tell that story it's so funny okay. listen the the story version that is out there is that I broke my ankle party rocking. Party rocking. There is some truth to it, but there was a prelude to it earlier in the night. My friends and I were going out on town. We were getting real inebriated and I have a lot of energy if you didn't know. And you know what, especially college James and especially inebriated college James. So uh, when we were going back to the apartment one night, like down the street, I just started fucking booking it. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to run as fast as I can back to this apartment. And I rolled my ankle and uh, really hurt it bad to the point where I had to limp my way back to the apartment. An hour or so goes by, and th this is real bad. I forgot that that happened. <laughs> An hour or two later, I had forgotten that that had happened, and you know there were more substances in me, and Party Rock came on by LMFAO. I was like, oh, I can do that Party Rock dance, and I started to do it, and on that bad rolled ankle, oh, crack. Uh, hairline fracture in there. Holy fuck. And, and you know what? The reason I think that my ankle was rolled in the first place when I was running, because normally even drunk me would be able to handle an all-out sprint, that earlier that day, I had ridden my bike from Dearborn to Ann Arbor. I rode my bike from right outside of Detroit to Ann Arbor. It was like a 30-mile so ride in the rain. <laughs> and like fuck? I just wanted to ride my bike there. So I remember the next day, since I had fractured my ankle, my friends had to drive me back with my bike attached to their <laughs> car. 
because I rode my way there and I had to be what driven back. What way did you ride your bike? Uh, you know, not any interstates, obviously. I forget what the name of the road was. Was it maybe Michigan Avenue? There, There is a road, a surface street that kind of goes the whole way, so. All right, this next letter is from Jaden. Hey, James and Chelsea. I've been a big fan of the channel ever since the Silent Night, Deadly Night Kill Count. Nice. I've watched not every... too many people like <laughs> that series. I watch every Kill Count, but to be honest, my favorite thing is the podcast. Thank Fuck you. Yeah. The Texas Chainsaw episode made me realize that I want to do a career in film and theater. Congrats. Nice. And best of luck. That's awesome. Anyway, my question for you guys, I want both of you to pick a random horror movie character. That character will be your tag team partner in a wrestling match. (laughs) James and his choice versus Chelsea and her choice. Who are you choosing? Who wins? Thanks, guys. Good luck with the new plays. Thank you, Jaden. Okay, so here's the thing. If if we are to abide by WWE rules... I have to pick a woman, right? No, you have to pick a man to face me, and I have to pick a woman to face you. Oh, that's right. Because that's how the intergender wrestling goes. You tag in, and then the other... Like, it has to be matched up, which is... You know, so what I would want to pick someone that who could take me on, and I would want to pick someone. So you're way advantaged. Wait, what? Yeah, you would want a partner who could kick my ass. We're fighting each other. But I'm. But you're picking my partner. I'm confused. No, I think I'm picking my partner. Yeah, a woman who will be in the ring with you. Oh, you are picking your partner, a man who will be in the ring with me. Okay. Yes. So I want to pick someone who can kick your ass. Which you have. Infinity. I know that's a lot of options. I have to pick of like three horror movie women, like killers. I don't know. There's plenty. I mean, I could just go with Sydney Prescott. She could probably. I was gonna say you got your pick of final girls. I was even before I realized we would have to pick each other's. I was gonna pick Carrie to fight with me because she has psychic powers. I was. I my go to was Carrie because she's like the most famous. I think, but I mean, she can move. She can. Like with her mind. I know. I just don't know if that's illegal. Will that give me a DQ victory if she start or a DQ loss if she starts doing that? I don't that? know if she hits you with a chair and with mm. her mind powers. That would definitely be a DQ. That's a foreign object. The other thing. Oh, though, is this is, what kind of match is this? Well, if it's just a regular tag team match, you can get disqualified. Oh. Yeah. That's gonna be more fun if it's just if it's no like DQ. a fucking st- no DQ street yeah. fight. <laughs> well then, yeah, you're gonna win. No, the type of match I want to do is like the Money in the Bank one where it was up WWE headquarters. Oh where yeah, they, <laughs> where it was like the fucking raid or some shit, where they go up the the building. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, I don't know who I would pick. Because I was thinking maybe, and it's just recency bias because I just covered her movies, but Baby would be a fucking, Baby oh, Firefly yeah. would be a scrappy fighter. Yeah, she She'd would. She'd be nasty. Yeah. Interesting. I, I mean, there's, there's so many horror characters. Yeah. I just feel like a good wrestler would be like a Jason or a, sure. you know, just a brick house of a... a or guy. you could go with a literal wrestler and you could go with Rob Zombie's Michael Myers yeah. Like I was a little Or wrestler. I could just pick Santa played by Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to go with. Yes. From Santa Slay. Oh, no. I'm going to get jackhammered. Goldberg. You know, if Goldberg. I can sell it half as well as Dolph, I'll, I'll the take music, that His music is just everyone chanting, Goldberg. It's just, you just hear jingle bells in the <laughs> background. Yeah. Uh, you know. He if, stresses Santa and everything. Yeah. If it's no DQ, I'll pick Carrie. Okay. Although I am concerned that I feel like she kind of has to like concentrate to make shit happen. And that's prime opportunity to get hit in the back with a chair while she's doing shit Mm. like that. But I don't know. Yeah. Mm. It could go either way. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. This next one. I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly also. Matej. Uh, Hey, guys. I just want to start off by saying how much I appreciate your work and how great your content is. Thank you. Uh, what is the first horror movie you saw as a couple? Maybe you talked about it somewhere and I forgot. In which case, I apologize. Eh, don't worry about it. I do think we've mentioned it somewhere, but maybe not on the podcast. It was Hellraiser. Hellraiser, I remember. It was I think it was we- the first movie we watched together was Hellraiser. Maybe? No, I think we watched other movies. <sighs> Were you at um, Bishop's like when we watched the The Orphan or The Orphanage? No. No? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then that might have been. That might have been, yeah. But I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure we saw movies. I know we saw that Clooney Gosling movie in the same theater. Oh, Ides of March, yeah, because yeah, I worked on, on it. it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, as far as like the two of us together, 
uh, Hellraiser we watched right after we officially began dating mm-hmm. uh, in a house in Ann Arbor. Yeah, that's <laughs> such a good first movie for a couple. Yeah, that BDSM. Yeah, I feel like that is very, like, you have to both be very specific people to be okay with that. And, like, that was and before that horror movies were even thought of as, like, a primary part of interest our, or, like, part of our yeah, lives or I careers. Just, we were like, oh, yeah, we both kind of like horror movies. Yeah, let's watch Hellraiser or whatever. <laughs> just, like, just chill light viewing. And then we got to meet, we met Clive Barker, mm-hmm. who just recently made a surprise return to Twitter. Go follow him on Twitter. Oh, cool. He's been tweeting up a storm. Uh yeah, we met Clive Barker a few years ago, and we got to tell him that that was the first movie we watched together as a couple. He seemed genuinely tickled by it. <laughs> He's a very sweet man. So that's that's that. Hellraiser. <laughs> it's a very good litmus test for a, a partner, I think. <laughs> All right. So this next question's from Ben. Uh, what horror video games, if any, have you played? What were your favorite? Are there some horror franchises that you wish were games and if they were to be adapted into games, what kind of game would they play? Would they be for instance, like survival mode, multiplayer online, etc. Jeez. I was thinking we've played some horror games before. I mean, I don't know if Subnautica is a horror game, but I count it because it actually made me scream <laughs> it's once. It's a scary game. It's not really a horror game, but it's scary. We played Amne- Amnesia, right? That's what that one's called. Is that the one? <sighs> Amnesia, where you're in the big mansion and there's those flesh creatures that are chasing you around and you're like, reading. You're talking about years ago. That right? We played that yeah, so yeah. long ago, but I remember that really freaked well, me out. Well, on the channel, we did live streams early on of Friday the 13th, the game. Um, and then. We played the Slender Man game at Beth and Mike's old place. Yeah, for Fresh Plays, their channel. Uh, I did Alien Isolation streams, which was a really good game. And then I just kind of dropped. Um, on Practical Folks, I was playing that Spooky's House of Jump Scares uh-huh. game. That was pretty fun. Oh, uh, and then we also, I had to leave the room. I was too scared. We were playing that um, PT, that playable trailer. I was playing poker. That uh, That's right. Yeah. Because I, I was already out of that poker game. So I'm like, what's going on over at this other part of the apartment? Oh, we're watching this extremely scary thing. Or yeah, I, I tried to play it in VR. No, like oh a year ago, God. but the VR didn't work. So I couldn't like That'd one of the doors wouldn't so open. scary. I know. I it's, really want that thing to is it. so scary. I still haven't like fully played it. Uh, oh, Outlast. I played the entire first game of that. Outlast. Yeah, I think. I'm trying to think if there's any other ones. I played uh, Dead Dawn, Dead uh, Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight. Mm -hmm. Oh, and yeah, obviously the Friday the Thirteenth game. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think of fun movies that could be adapted. Oh yeah. To, well, I mean, Belko Experiment is basically it's a battle royale game, like a Fortnite kind of thing, where you kill until the last person. Mm-hmm. So that could be a skin for that. I don't know. Uh, everyone, I keep getting comments on my, the thing kill count of people being like the original among us. Uh, oh. cause it's like an imposter type. When thing. we were packing, I saw you had a compute, like a thing PC game. Oh yeah. That was like an old, where like the early fuck did 2000s, that come from? the thing game that I bought, hoping to stream and play, but like it's so old that it doesn't it run doesn't on work. Windows 10. Yeah, I'm and sure I, we could find a way. I tried. I tried to like open it in Windows 98 mode oh, and shit. Man. I know. I was well, so we have a copy of that. If anyone can give us any pointers <laughs> on how to get that up and running, because I think that'd be really fun. I don't know. I would love to, and I'm sure. It's, something like this exists because there's so many fucking video games. I don't really know video games that well, but it'd be cool to just have a Giallo style murder mystery game to play through. I love murder mystery games. I love problem solving games, puzzle games. Although horror puzzle games stress me out. I've played a couple on my phone and those are always just, I like to just relax and do a puzzle. And those, (laughs) it just is kind of miserable. Except for Friday the 13th, the puzzle game, which we're in. Oh yeah, we're in. Yeah, that's really fun. Yeah. Uh, As far as like turning a slasher into a video game goes, I don't know if you can do much better than that Friday the 13th game. Yeah. Because like that had Kane Hodder doing mocap for the kills. That had... uh, uh, Henry, I always forget if it's Mancini. Mancini. Yeah. 
uh, Mancini doing the score for it. Or Manfredini. Score. That's the Man, dude, I always the mix them up. Yeah. It's Manfredini. Okay. Yeah. Mancini. And is it Harry or Henry? <laughs> Harry Manfredini. Uh, Henry think... Mancini. Because Mancini is the 60s com- composer. Okay. Oh. He's like the, yeah. Breakfast like... at Tiffany's and stuff like that. Who did Carrie and Tourist Trap? Oh, God. That was a really Italian guy. Oh, oh, yeah. I yeah, Cor- Corion. No, that's <laughs> that's Godfather. I was like, <laughs> uh, but no, Friday the 13th, the game, is such a good distillation of the slasher experience in game form, I think. Um, I, I did get Oh, tired. no, it's Henry Mancini and Harry <laughs> Manfredini. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Okay. We're bad at this. Yeah. Uh, I did. I got a little bored of it just because, you know, it was a lot of the same over and over, but that, that's what slashers are, you know? That's why they're not my favorite subgenre. Still a very well-made game, and I think it got hamstrung by uh, litigious issues, it was, right? Yeah, some copyright got tied up stuff. and stuff, so that sucks. Um, God, I'm trying to think of – I bet there could be a really cool Freddy game, though, that utilizes that the would be very because there cool. was that old NES game that I I played uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street where it gets dark and you go into Dream World and you have your powers like that was just a side scrolling platformer though I would love to have a actual you know modern the carry score it. is Pino Donaggio Pino Donaggio that's right it sounds like a fucking wine it does yeah yeah, yeah a Nightmare on Elm Street game would be so cool like mm. a really updated one because yeah. what did you say that was for. The original Nintendo. Oh, okay. System. Yeah. <laughs> so it's you. You start that up, and it's just do 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 do. You know. Yeah. Somebody, exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure we could update it in some cool. way. I wonder if it follows, but that sounds like Ooh. a board. That just is you're just sitting until, there waiting until some old lady walks it's up. It's like you lose of when you have to go school. to sleep or go eat. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's a a way to do that, but I don't know if that's multiplayer. Maybe. Mm. Oh, yeah, There's you can, a like, way disguise you as other people in the crowd. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Or, like, it, there's there's party games like that where one person is maybe, like, the assassin. And what What's you, that sniper game where there's the sniper and then the other player is the spy at the party across the way? Oh, um... Fuck, I forget what that's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was really fun. No, I'm talking, this is like an old, this is like you play this. Remember playing games with actual people in real life? (laughs) Um, This is one where one person's an assassin and what you do is you go around and you shake hands with everyone and no one knows who the assassin is. You draw like out of a hat or something. And the assassin, when you shake hands, the assassin goes like this. They tickle the inside of your palm and you have to wait, I think, like 10 or 15 seconds and you fall over oh. and so then you have to everyone has to figure out who's doing it and that like, oh, time delay okay. yeah um so <laughs> something like that that mechanic but in video game form where the the it follows curse or whatever gets transferred from player to player and you have to kind of keep track of everyone around you i don't know ideas I'm not a video game uh, dev. I don't know. I don't know how it would sustain a whole game, but something uh, don't breathe like a, a stealth game, oh, but like shit. if you trigger the the person who you're trying to be stealthy from, they're like a fucking murderous vet. Oh my god, that could be like <laughs> that would be a kind of an interesting horror version of an escape room where if you're like trying to escape his house. But you have to be like it, the thing with puzzle games, and what I often get frustrated by is there's no. Um, punishment for just clicking everything Ooh, and just fucking with okay. everything. Yeah. But in that game, you do you hit do something in the wrong order and it makes a noise, or you know, there's some incentive for you to really carefully pick what's gonna affect what mm-hmm. in the house. I like that idea. Hey, our sponsor this week is HelloFresh. Or Hola Fresh. No, it's Hello Fresh. It's Hello Fresh. <laughs> also, Fresh is in Spanish, so that's way wrong. <laughs> yeah. Is it Fresca? You know what? It might be. Yeah. There you go. But it's Hello Fresh. But it's Hello Fresh. Uh, Hello Fresh meal kit delivery service. Yeah, we love it. You love it. You know what's going to be nice is having meals delivered to the new place. Oh, yeah. Because. 
what what's time consuming is grocery shopping and mm-hmm. having to make a list and planning groceries and we don't have time for that right now. We're fixing up holes in walls. Yeah, I I just need to think about how there's spiders everywhere. <laughs> I gotta focus on that. I well, don't that have, should be Lucy's job. That is Lucy's job because she doesn't have the benefit of having her food delivered to her door thanks to HelloFresh. <laughs> <laughs> so if you uh, want to try HelloFresh, which you should, Definitely nice should. variety of recipes too. Variety is... that are quick and easy to make, yes. which is what I always have to promote because it saves you time and time is so crucial and it just made it, it removes the decision-making aspect out of your meals and still gives you something tasty in the end. Yes. And you're not going to get the same things over and over again. It's yes. always different. Mm-hmm. Sustainable too. That's the thing. Food waste, food packaging. That's a big problem. I always feel bad when I throw out food. Yeah, or, which always happens it, when you it, try it, to yeah. buy for your own recipes. Oh, fresh food. Yeah, you're yeah. always going to have spoilage and stuff. Mm-hmm. But now when you have HelloFresh, because yep. you have everything portioned out for you, which is excellent. So if you would like to try HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash 80DeadMeat. And use the code 80DEADMEAT to get a total of $80 off your first month, including free shipping on your first box. So again, HelloFresh.com, 8 slash 80DEADMEAT, promo code 80DEADMEAT. Additional restrictions apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more details. Do it. This one, uh, there isn't, I just realized they didn't have like an email signature or anything. BookKid87. They ask... What is one dream horror item that you guys wish you owned? So I guess either like a, a prop, prop or I guess a real thing. Like if, if stuff from movies is real. But I kind of interpret it as just prop. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? Man, it's so hard to just come up with something. I'm sure while watching a movie, I would be like, that would be awesome yeah. to own. I mean, like. The OG Freddy glove would, of course, be, That'd be very cool. Awesome. I kept thinking all my answers to this are cars. They're just different cars. Yeah, I want car the Freddy. I want the car from the car. I want the Freddy convertible from the end of Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> um, just I'll, I'll, Christine I'll take the would blow be blow up doll from the end of Nightmare. Yeah, the one that gets yanked through the. On, I had that thought too, having that, <laughs> that weird that weird dummy from the <laughs> like, end. Is that a sex doll? No, 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 no. no. You see. <laughs> Yeah, that would be a really, really fun one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was trying to think about this earlier, but all I can think of were just different cars just I wanted. Cars, yeah. I just want I'm going to be the Jay Leno of horror cars. <laughs> I'm just going to have a whole garage. You see me driving around Burbank or whatever <laughs> with my Friday convertible. Stu's house from Scream. Stu's house from Scream. Something from Scream could be cool. The uh, Maybe the phone from the beginning or something. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like... what. The TV that smashes Stu's head. <laughs> big ass prop to have around. <laughs> oh man. What if I can just have the shopping mall from Dawn of the Dead? Where's that at? That's in like some Midwestern city. I bet it's knocked down by now. A shopping mall yeah, in the Midwest, that's gone. <laughs> but then I could turn into like a zombie park. Oh, like yeah. a 70s zombie park. Mm-hmm. Just pale blue paint on people walking around slowly. I do really miss some blue green zombies yeah that's a look i love i love romero zombies like it's like in dawn of the dead and day of the dead Mm -hmm. they're all green and blue and they're all cartoon characters like especially day of the dead they'll come smashing through a wall and one of them is dressed like a ballerina one of them's a football they're all such types yeah and i kind of i'm i don't know i i miss that whimsy is very good yeah this next one is from Jayhawks for life, 35. They also don't have a like a signature or anything. Um, do either of you have a favorite horror novel or even a nonfiction book that scared you? Uh, you, da, 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 you guys are entertaining as hell. Great chemistry. Thank you. I wish you both the best and that the best is yet to come. Thank you very much. I, yeah, I, we both read a lot. Yeah. Was it a horror novel or what? Or even a nonfiction book oh. that scared you. Um, you know what? I recently, and th- this is going to be bleak, but I recently read the biography of Henry A. Wallace. Who, which is, <laughs> oh, no. It, I, I could see how the implications of that are scary, but yeah. No, the thing with, uh, the thing that with it was, and now I'm afraid to read biographies because the whole time I'm reading it, there's just the, the knowing fact that at the end of it, 
he's he's gonna die, and that like then then the history and the world will keep going on. And like that, I don't know, for some reason, just reading that, and maybe it was because it was like a politician who was enacting change and trying to change the world, but then I know that like he's going to die in like the 60s, and that was 50 years ago, and like what does it all matter? And so like I had a, I don't know, for some reason reading a biography of this progressive politician made me really have some existential nights well, which sucked. he was what he was up against a lot of shit too right? i know like but this still guy was, who, you know and it was it's just the fact that like no matter who you are the, yeah the world's gonna keep going on without yeah you. and so that like crazy. i don't know that fucking hit me for some reason but as far as like horror novels go i mean i've read a ton of king my whole life and i feel like salem's lot is one of the ones of his that like really spooked me out yeah. especially reading it at night pet cemeteries that's that one's just sad that's sad <laughs> Stephen yeah Stephen King has genuinely scared me a bunch of times uh Gerald's game scared the shit out of me when I read it pretty recently too I, it's not like I was even in high school or anything I read it recently and it scared the shit out of me the end of that book um yeah Gerald's game his so short story the jaunt really fucked my shit oh, up yeah. I forget did I make you read that yeah we read that together that book I'm not or that book the short stories I'm not even going to spoil it. Just go read it. It won't take you long. But I think that story is fucking terrifying. The raft also is very scary. I've read a few things from Victor Laval, uh, which is really good. He uh, he did a um, the Ballad of Tom. The Ballad of Black Tom. The I Ballad brought of that Black up Tom. on my HP Lovecraft episode and recommended that, it. That was like a short story, which I really liked. But before that, even, I read The Devil in Silver, I think is what it was called, and uh, really loved that. It takes place at a uh, like a mental asylum, which like starting it, I was like, how am I gonna enjoy a story set in here after like one flu and like mm-hmm. I've, I've seen this before, but it's really enjoyable. And then if you want more short stories by someone who's not Stephen King, uh, just because it's so easy to just fall back into like I'll just read some Stephen King. Yeah, uh, Chessia Burke. Uh, she wrote Let's Play White, and that is a collection of short stories that it's the same kind of like magical realism that King kind of delves into, where it's like, it's not necessarily super horror, but uh, it's like, I don't know, little slices of life with some heightened reality and a little bit of fantastical element put in there, and I really enjoyed those. Yeah. So, big recommend on those. I also just, you, because I, I, for years insisted you read it. You finally read House of Leaves, which I That's adore. right. I just read that. I yeah. love House of Leaves. I read I that, that like one. 10 years ago. I think it'd be cool to do a reread, even though that's a very daunting book. It's gigantic. I know. I read that back to back with that Henry A. Wallace biography, God. which was also like 700 pages, just two meaty, yeah. massive books. And I have not read a book since. I like burned myself out on reading yeah. for a minute. But House of Leaves. I love House of Leaves. That, that book spooked me yeah there are plenty of parts of that book where it's more annoying than anything because it's like it's yes. an, uh, experimental literature yeah so house of leaves is the kind of concept of it is that it is meant to be a literal stack of documents bound together into one thing and there is one story like there's one kind of you know, it's not like reading a bunch of short stories. Everything's connected, but you do have to flip around a lot. In the yeah, book there are like two and... narratives. One of a guy in like uh, modern time, I think it was written in 2000. Yeah. And then the other is the story that he is finding about. The screenplay he finds, right? Isn't it? Oh God, that's right. There's actually three stories. There's because... a lot. Going... No, it's a book that he found written by this blind dude. And then the book is about a the house of leaves which is a house with like uh it's bigger on it's paradoxical the on the inside, inside yeah. it doesn't make sense there's a door and they go into it and it's leading to spaces that you can't see from the outside and the hallways rearrange and everything and so there's like that storyline the guy who wrote the book on that his storyline and then the guy who found the book written by that guy's storyline there are footnotes within footnotes. Yeah. There's text that is written upside down and like in circles yeah, in the pages. Decode stuff. I had to decode something where it was like every capital letter on a page. So I'm just reading something like blindly writing letters. There's also like 
a fake documentary that's being cited the entire time and there's I think a bunch of the footnotes are of fake sources too. Yeah. It's, it's it's so cool. Like it's it's amazing. I would I really want to reread it, but I I just fell in love with that book and its companion album by the author's sister. That's right. And, uh Poe who's like she, I mean she's an artist in her own right, but that album uh rules if you're into kind of 90s alt chicks like maybe a uh, Fiona Apple, Apple yeah. Tori Amos, um, Anna DeFranco. She's kind of like, she's going down that road a little bit. I love that book. And all so if, if that sounds at all appealing, like you are willing to put forth an effort into reading a book because it is an effort, highly recommend it as just an experience to do. And the central storyline of the house itself, it's so cool. very cool, very awesome stuff. The stuff about, what's his name? Johnny, Johnny Truant. Johnny I mean, Truitt, I got annoyed by a little bit. He sucks. I mean, I think that's the point. Yeah. He's not. <laughs> He's like the top level story, the guy who found the story about the thing. Yeah, if you're reading this and thinking, God, I can't fucking stand this guy, you're not alone. <laughs> I think that's by design. So, oh, God, I love that book. Uh, it's funny. I always think about how that book, the for years, the only person I thought could ever adapt it was David Lynch. I think David Lynch is the only person whose brain is like sufficiently whacked out enough now to you got a few choices yeah and now i'm like i would love i would love to see an ari aster house of leaves aster that flanagan be- or eggers. flanagan would do yeah my, my eggers three, could do a good job three boys of modern day horror i think ari aster though for me would be the one to like really get the same kind of fucked upness that the book gives mm. you like i i just i would kill to see this <laughs> version of that it would be a much it's more, I think though. his would be the most upsetting version. Flanagan's would be the most dreamy, kind of gorgeous version, I think, um, that would maybe leave you feeling a bit more hopeful. Because there are parts of that book that are really beautiful. And um, and then who, uh, Eggers? Yeah. Eggers would be, int- Eggers <laughs> is so historical. That would be interesting to see him do, like, I don't know. I, I, I His take on that would be really Really mm-hmm. I mean, Flanagan did make a movie out of a book that was considered unfilmable with Gerald's Game. That's true. And that movie I, also was terrifying. That movie kicks ass. That movie whips. It's so good. But House of Leaves is another level of unfilmable. It is. It's, unf- <laughs> it's unfilmable. It's it's kind of like how Watchmen was unfilmed. But even Watchmen has just like one story. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it has the comic book within the comic book. But yeah, that's Anyway. Degree. Yeah. Yeah. Ari Aster, please. <laughs> It'd be so fucked up. All right, next question. Da, da, da. Oh, I, I thought this one was very cute. This is from Bernadette. James and Chelsea, out of these horror slashers, who would be the best at helping you unpack boxes at your new place? Freddie. <laughs> Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, Norman Bates. Things to think about. Michael Myers has inhuman strength and stamina. Freddy Krueger has his gloves that can help cut through boxes. And Norman would be able to prioritize which things need to be displayed versus what you what you can hide away. Like, he'd be good at helping you. Freddy. I don't know. I kind of have to go with Michael. How many times unpacking stuff in the past few days have we been like, where are the scissors? Where, yeah, that's true. Where are the scissors? <laughs> Oh, I got your scissors right here. <laughs> I mean, we could always just go grab the Freddy glove from out of wherever the fuck we packed it and Gotta find use it, first. it. We don't define it first. <laughs> Can't lose Freddy Krueger. I don't know. I, I'm going to pick Michael because I would need help carrying stuff and lifting boxes. That's He'll, not my... All right. As long as you have the time for his slow ass to get, <laughs> oh, no, to get where you need slow. to take <laughs> Yeah. Like, okay, actually, you know what? Can we have... Can I put this like over here? <laughs> Two hours later... <laughs> bookshelf is five feet where from where it used to be yeah that's a good point norman would be fun to i trust have. i trust you for the decorations that's yeah. the thing is i like decorating so yeah. i don't know if i need help with it but it would be fun to just decorate with norman i think he would be able to help me you know come up with something really nice mm-hmm. some taxidermy maybe he would give me on loan you know from his place yeah loves his taxidermy trying to think of who could just like help with cleaning uh norman yeah, Norman. He has that experience. Yeah. Okay. Norman would be Norman would be good to kind of be there for the housewarming part of it, I think. Okay. Once stuff is unpacked, he can help me arrange and clean. I'm still going to go with Freddy. Okay. Because then, you know, he can crack some jokes while we're going. But that's the thing is you need to be like laser focused when you're unpacking or else you get distracted. 
at least that's how it is for me. Maybe that's my ADD brain is I'll be unpacking a box of stuff and then I'm thinking, oh yeah, this thing. Cause I feel like a lot of stuff we packed like a little bit ago Yeah. and I'm going through all our shit and thinking, oh yeah, this. And I get just get totally distracted and I'm, I forget what I was working on. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I still kind of want to pick Michael, even though, damn it, he is really slow, it's huh? It's real slow. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll still pick him. It'll just take us a while. All right. This is the, this is our last question for the week. This is from May. Uh, hi, my name is May. I live in the Middle Eastern country of Qatar, which Ooh, that's Qatar. pretty cool. Cool. So hello from Qatar. And this is this is mostly a question for James. Uh, she doesn't she doesn't say that, but I just it's the perfect question. Which U.S. president should have a horror movie created about them? Oh fuck! Depends mm. on what kind of horror movie. I feel like first of all, I mean, you know, Jackson could be a pretty good horror villain. Yeah. Movie, oh like, Jesus! Made by you know a, a Native American director. Writer. Who did Blood Quantum? Uh, fuck, I forget his name, unfortunately. That could be a cool, yeah, magical realism of like Slasher Andrew Jackson or mm-hmm. something. Um, Let's see, what else? Blood Quantum is brutal, by the way, if you haven't seen it. Yeah, it's got some real good The gore in that is <laughs> just another level. It's fantastic. I'm trying to think of like a, a fun one to cast and just like a movie that doesn't have to adhere to reality at all. They're, they just happen to be like a character in it. I mean, you could do like a hereditary style horror about Franklin Pierce. I was going to say that. That yeah, guy's like green... life is fucking sad. Yeah. God, was it like a train a accident train, that murdered yeah. his... Uh, his like, kid, I think. It was like decapitated in front it's of him or something. Some On the way to the inauguration or some shit like it's, that. Like it was real, real fucked bleak. up. bleak. Uh, but also that guy was a shitty president who helped led to the Civil War, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, I'm trying to think. Like, I mean, Taft, you can always throw in a movie and that'll be fun. I don't know. Can we get a vampire movie with Nixon involved somehow? Oh I don't God. know why, but I'd like to see that. Like, yeah, Nixon era vampire. Like, I kind of want to do a, uh, a team, like a duo, dynamic duo. Uh, these are the heroes of our picture. I don't know what the villain would be. Maybe you can help me come up with that. Um, the Carter brothers, Jimmy and Billy Carter are heroes and they're fighting at something at the peanut farm or whatever. Yeah. Or at, like the, at the Billy beer brewery or the gas station where Billy would hang out during yeah. the campaign. <laughs> that could go like a frog style, like environment, eco horror. Yes. You know? Oh, I like that a lot. It's like, this is what I warned against. Yeah. It's not a good Carter, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it's hard to do. Carter. He's Georgian it, It's very easy to start sounding like Clinton. Exactly. Clinton is just so, like, enmeshed in my head. Yeah. That... Carter's. I mean, you're never going to top the guy from the bees. <laughs> that guy just is Jimmy Carter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of good options, I think. A lot of mustachioed guys during the gold, the Gilded Age, you know, mm-hmm. like, a, like a Benjamin Harrison or a Chester Allen Arthur. Just I don't know, Taft. Kind of, yeah, Taft is always a good go-to man. Taft is my favorite. <laughs> I mean, he's not really. I don't really have a favorite president. Maybe Jimmy Carter. I, presidents, they're all bad. <laughs> like they're all just bad. They're all flawed. You kind of have to be. Yeah. I don't know. Who was president when the White House burned down? Monroe or Madison? That could be a cool like set over the. It's like set in real time. The White House burning down. Ooh yeah, with cool. uh, oh it would be Madison because it was Dolly Madison saving the portraits from it. Oh yeah, that could be kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. God, I can't imagine the Franklin Pierce. The Franklin one. Pierce. That's too one, much. Man. That'd be yeah. too sad. Yeah, Franklin Pierce definitely. He looks. Like a fucking emo band uh, member. Yes, he's the most goth president. Definitely the most goth president. Also the hottest president, I think. (laughs) I said that before in, I think it was an old vlog every day in April video. You were doing a list. You did like a list of a fact. I had to name one fact of each person. And I just said my fact is Franklin Pierce. That's right. That's right. He is. (laughs) Wow. All right. Cool. Cool. And that's it for this week. And so, yeah, again, we're off through 
October. Until November. Until November. You'll get your fucking kill counts, though. Yeah, so. lots of kill counts. I have already, I, I have stuff planned for November and onwards, including some research episodes that I'm going to collab with people on. So cool. stay tuned. Yeah, sorry what? to all the people who, you know, prefer the podcast. I know there's a significant number of you who like, you like the long form discussion and you want Chelsea in your ears and on your screens. So sorry that. You know, I'm taking over for the month, but it'll be for the better. I'll get have some time to get settled to the new place and some time to kind of refocus on, you know, I'll get some, you know, after taking some time off, I'll be really excited to get back to it again. And yeah, it's been a wild year, as I'm sure, you know, not just, uh, not just globally, but also for us personally, we've had to fucking postpone our wedding, which really sucked yeah, several times on a personal a pain note. And then this house happened and that's obviously a joyous thing, but it's also a lot of stress. Neither yeah. of us have been getting a ton of sleep, nope. but uh, it'll be good for, yeah, if you recalibrate yeah, well, I, your own set, yeah, it's going to be really cool. I'll be less distracted by other stuff. I'll be, you know, I think having the mental energy to just spend on the podcast is going to be really exciting because that's kind of what it was for a long time with the podcast until this year where it was, oh shit, we're starting to plan a wedding. Oh, now we're going to maybe buy a house. It just, I had so much other stuff going on and now I'm ready to just get back to, I can focus on this and yeah, I'm the really wedding, excited. The wedding we can just kind of keep out of our late. heads That's for, for a little later, bit. That's yeah. for later. The house is bought. We have stuff to do to mm-hmm. it, but like the big thing's over. It'll and... be good. We're going to be back and better than ever, baby. <laughs> yeah. As long <laughs> as I can survive this month. Yeah. You got this. <laughs> cool. Thank you all for being patient. And yes. And please uh, keep listening to the podcast and watching it and come back in November. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be here. That's where we'll be. Yeah. And in the meantime, you can follow Dead Meat on social media at Dead Meat James on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Carebeck, C-R-E-B-E-C-C on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want merch, deadmeatstore.com. Also playing us out this week is a song from Eric Bennett that he wrote for me and James. I'm going to have it as our, our outro. It's incomplete. I think he probably would want us to know he has not finished it yet. Yes, it says it's, it's partially done, but mm-hmm. I'm just going to put the audio and video in here because it's so awesome so uh enjoy uh eric playing us out this week and we'll see you in november yeah